Hello and welcome to another episode of Rigore, the Italian football podcast where one of the hosts is always miserable. And for the second week in a row, it's not me, surprisingly, the Venezia fan, but it is my cousin Giancarlo. Yep, that's my rule once again this week. I'm not liking I'm not liking this at all. I've been told on social media that we're the perfect accompaniment to a rotten cold and lying in your bed. <laughs> that um it was a uh, Henry Bell that writes for the Gentleman Ultra, which is a, a website that I write for from time to time. Like you've done stuff for them yep. as well, Marco. Um, yes, he says that we, our, our combination of sort of miserableness just fits in perfectly. If you're feeling mis- if miserable with a cold, we'll make you feel better because we're even more miserable. Yep. As I say, this week, it's down to me. I'll bring the misery. Excellent, excellent. Well, um, before we get to that, we'll save that, that treat for later in the in the episode. But as ever, we're recording this on a Sunday evening. We've just watched the Sunday night game, which for what on paper I thought would be a pretty, you know, rubbish game from a from a viewership point. It was actually not a bad game, certainly in the first half, Napoli-Cremonese um, ended up with an easy victory for Napoli, but they were made to work for it a bit. De- definitely, if you if you just tuned in and saw the score at the end, you'd say, oh, that was a stroll for Napoli, but actually, I liked, I admired Cremonese's attitude, they really... They really came to have a go. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, they were solid in defence, but they, they they actually had a they had a go at Napoli and made them made them work for it. But you know, when you're Napoli, when you've got Kvaratskhelia, when you've got Ozimhen, when you've got these men in tip top form, they're just they were relentless. Really, Napoli. That was the thing. And even you know, in the in the dying seconds, Di Lorenzo was diving in to win tackles, and yeah. then I saw they, they you know they tried to play it out from the back, and they did sort of. See six, seven beautiful passes, and one went astray. And the the cry of despair that went up from whichever player it was was, was as if he'd done it in the first minute. And I think that you know that attitude is just brilliant. And I mean, uh, well, one very Varadkar's goal was good, but I thought Elmas was the yeah, the pick was, of the goals. A really, a nice yeah. wee kind of interplay with Di Lorenzo. Um, chipped him in and he just turned and leathered it and he gave Karniseki no chance. So, you know, we always like to give the wee teams credit and I think you've got to see that Cremonese played their part actually in making it quite an entertaining game because I did tune in thinking like Don Hutchison, I think he predicted a 7 0 I was predicting something similar. But actually, you know, Cremonese for their lowly league position, for that they haven't had a win yet, um, they look like a team that will that will get a win in the not too distant future on that on that performance. Just you know, obviously the cutting edge isn't there, but but Napoli just keep you know it's another tick along the way, I suppose, towards this this scudetto. You know, I don't you know probably Napoli fans are probably making all kinds of superstitious gestures as I see those <laughs> words, um, but but the reality is that there's streets ahead of anything in Serie, a and, and you know I can only hope them. You know that they keep it going and they they get themselves across the line. Yeah, and I, just uh, one last word on Cremonese. It, it reminded me a bit of of uh, last season and watching my team Venezia putting in a decent performance against these bigger teams, but ultimately you just you know everything needs to go absolutely right to be able to get anything out of a game like that. Unfortunately, but like you say, on that performance anyway, I think they should be able to get get a win and. Hopefully a few more because um, 
they're they're a bit starting to be a bit cut off at the bottom of the table. I, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think there's enough there to suggest that they'll do anything other than get relegated. No, but but you know, I think they they deserve they deserve not to go down in history as the only team to go a full <laughs> season without a win in Serie. Yeah. I think on, on that evidence, as I say, and and maybe sometimes, you know. Is it is it easier to get a team up for playing a side as good as Napoli, and it's maybe more your your bread and butter, you know, home game with Salernitana that you know you struggle with sometimes. I think you can maybe raise mm. your game as you see sort of good football in front of you. Maybe you know because I thought some some players did raise their game t- tonight for Cremonese, but you know, and maybe it's in the more humdrum fixtures that they need to be producing that football and, and getting some goals, really, that's the bottom line. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, last season's champions, Milan, who have been on a terrible run of form, uh, did manage to, to squeeze past Torino, which, who, are a, who are a tricky team to play, as we know, um, just in time, I suppose, for the Champions League coming back. At least they've got a win under their belts. But um, probably the biggest talking point of the game was their awful green strips. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't know what's more awful because I find it quite funny that uh, in Italy we're such slaves to result. And, you know, Milan couldn't buy a win. They were terrible. And then they get past, a, you know, a, a decent Torino side, but not yeah. breathtaking with a, a, you know, a nice header from Giroud. I don't think suddenly that was the cure to all else. No. And then and then to add to that, a, a strip that almost made them disappear into the pitch. <laughs> you know, a camouflage green. Well, I thought kit. Syria didn't Syria have uh, some yeah, decree that yeah, green that, strips weren't allowed or I something. I thought there was a I thought there was a rule about that, but maybe maybe if you're the reigning champions, maybe if you're Milan and you're <laughs> desperate for a win, you're allowed to do that so you can sneak up. <laughs> on Torino and, and get a go. It wasn't a great game from what I saw of it, but as I say, a win's a win's a win. And Pioli desperately needed that. That was oxygen for him. And he'll have been looking, no doubt, across at the Premier League and say, well, hmm, it Spurs are not exactly in cracking yeah, form. Exactly. Having taken it 4 1, how can. Oh, that's a good Scottish term for a heavy defeat, by the way, um, off of Leicester, then, you know, so maybe there is. Maybe there is some hope. I don't think, you know, I don't think a 1-0 home win um, over Torino cures all the ills that we've seen at Milan need something a bit longer term. But maybe, you know, a Champions League, I'm not suggesting they can win it, but I am suggesting that they could win that tie and that Mm. would be, you know, that would be a boost. That would be a boost to morale. It's still hard because, you know, I think that the financial gap between the leagues, despite the fact that Spurs are not in great form, um, is still gigantic, and there are a number of players in the Spurs team that Milan would take um, oh, in, a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. But you know, um, let's just hope above all that they don't wear that horrible <laughs> green kit again. You know, well, if if they were Napoli who were wearing their special Valentine's Day strip tonight, they would probably have a special strip just for that one game. It, yeah, like a, a, I don't know, like a London, a special London yeah, strip exactly. with, I don't know, jelly deals on the front of it <laughs> or whatever, whatever's a typical London thing. I did laugh at the Napoli one as well because I thought, I mean, I don't know um, your wife, Marco, but if I came home and said, darling, it's Valentine's, <laughs> look what I've got you. It's Napoli's seventh choice strip. 
with a big pair of lips on the front of it. I think I know what I'd be doing with it. Uh, <laughs> and it, it might take me quite a while to retrieve it from where she would put it. So I, I don't, I'm not sure what the market is for that. But I mean, they, they clearly, I mean, Napoli, that seems to be a policy now is just sort of, you know, kind of never quantity over quality, really. They just seem to churn them out. Some are nice. I suppose it's like the monkeys with typewriters theory that if you keep if you keep firing out these strips, fans will like some of them, you know. So I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see. I'd love a glimpse behind in the marketing department to find out what the sales figures have been of all these different yeah. kits that they've put out and they, you know, whether whether they have enjoyed the success. But as I say, I, I can't think of anything less. I mean, I suppose maybe the other way around, does the wife buy it for the husband? But even then, it's a big set of lips and a football <laughs> strip. It's a, it's a curious, it's a curious thing. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think my wife listens to the podcast, but if she does, please not the Napoli strip and definitely not the Milan one either. <laughs> Well, and uh, staying, I suppose, with the with the l- bigger clubs, um, there was this is where we we bring the podcast down because it was Juve Fiorentina, um, and Juve ended up winning that one by it was very surprising they won at one nil, which is very unlike them. Um, but there were a couple of incredible bar decisions, I have to say. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, I, I, I was hoping, actually, I didn't know if you had the technical expertise, but last week, I mean, I gave the spoiler that it would be one <laughs> for Juventus, exactly, yeah. and sure enough, that's how it transpired. But yeah, it was a game entirely decided by technology. I don't know if that's ha- probably has happened before now, but Juventus's goal was given by the goal yeah. detection system, um, in, a, in a first half that I thought was pretty bad Fiorentina did their usual They looked quite nice for two thirds of the pitch But in the third that actually matters They didn't produce very much Juventus, surprise, surprise Sat in, were happy to play on the break With the pace that they've got And eventually they did come up with a, a goal Rabio header that just as I said was Terra channeled looked like he'd Pawed yeah. it away actually, it but, clear that, but yeah, yeah, but I mean, eventually, it did get a replay yeah. that showed that it did cross the line, not by much, but mm. I mean, that though, that um, that couple of inches proved to be you know, that was the most convincing, I think, of yeah, the three so. of the three technological decisions that were that were made, and then and then Fiorentina pushed on. Um, in the second half to try to get an equaliser, I see, without creating anything great and appeared to have been caught on the break. I mean, it was. Touch and go that one day. Vlaovic didn't celebrate. I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody in Florence cares anymore if he <laughs> celebrates or not. To be honest, but however, he, he did the decent thing. I think there were some people said fair play to him. He did the decent thing and didn't celebrate. And as it turned out, he was right not to celebrate <laughs> because the the chipped through ball, despite Nikola Milenkovic having. He's developed a habit from the World Cup with Serbia of playing a sort of onside trap where he hangs back and um, just narrowly misjudges it. Um, this time, he narrowly judges it. But the, the funny thing is these computer models that they yeah. show of the goal where, I mean, honestly, when you see it, I still was a bit bemused as to whether he actually was offside because it was a part of sort of Milenkovic's anatomy. Yeah. Apparently playing them on side, and I know that it has to be a part that you can score a goal with, so your hand doesn't count. But anyway, long and the short of it was that um, 
that was ruled out. So it kept the game open. It kept the game at Allegri. I mean, Allegri probably happy because it kept it 1-0. He didn't like anything more than 1-0 is a waste of time. So he was probably pleased jumping up, die, die, die or whatever. And then Fiorentina, as I say, kept chipping away, tried to bring on any number of their misfiring strikers. You know, having started with Christian Kwame, who isn't really a striker. They then brought Jovic on, they brought Cabral on. And thought they'd found an equaliser in the 89th minute. Nice with, hit um, as well. It was a beautiful hit. Gaetano Castrovilli caught it sweet as you like. Chesney, no chance. But, you know, I wasn't even jumping up celebrating that because I had a feeling that they would find something. And sure enough, they did. But not what I thought they'd find, which I thought they would rule that Luca Ranieri had fouled. Yeah. Um, one of the event. Locatelli it was, isn't it, in the box? Um, but in fact... There was another even more minuscule <laughs> offside decision, which, you know, I mean, and he didn't touch the ball. And I know that you don't have to touch the ball. You're only interfering with play. But he was, it was literally, they showed a picture which had the heel of his boot and only a, only a tiny part a sliver of the heel, heel of his boot. boot was offside. And I, I mean, you do wonder. I mean, the, the thing is, though, I, I see a difference between Britain and Italy on this. I mean, in Britain, everybody would say, and I'm kind of more of this mind. Did we really need technology for that? You know, mm. is is it worth it? Really? I mean, it was a it denied as a beautiful goal. It it it, it was there, as I say, by by. It must have been maybe I don't know two centimeters, maybe not even maybe a, a centimeter offside. Yeah, yeah. I uh-huh. think it was absolutely probably the width of the leather on his boot that was offside. And as I say, with his back he, to go, with his back he to didn't go, touch he didn't touch it. He was involved. Locatelli in a got with, to the ball. Locatelli <laughs> got to the ball. So, but obviously that was the thing was, yeah. would Locatelli have had to clear it if he hadn't? Been, well, he yeah. would have if even been one step back. Yeah. He would have had to clear it. But that I think I can see the logic, I suppose. Um, but I was still raging at the time, as I say. And but in Italy, I think they still they feel you know that this is. A, a valid thing that you know because they had the Moviola, they had this kind of replays and mm-hmm. detailed kind of analysis of everything already, and so that you know avoided a goal that shouldn't have stood. But in the end, you know, a very frustrating game for for Fiorentina really, and another one where you know I think that's now twelve games. Um, where they've gone behind in Serie A and none of which they've managed to come back and win. I think they've managed to draw maybe three of them. I, th- I thought they played, you know, <laughs> there is some nice stuff that they play. And, you know, to be honest, Juve's <laughs> attitude to me was worse than Cremonese. I mean, the Cremonese mm. showed more attacking intent than Juventus did in that game. They were more than content to sit in. I mean, and they have got, they've got good players so they can do it. But I, if I was a Juventus fan, I mean, I guess I say it was a win, but I'd be wanting a bit more. I guess a team that can barely score a goal, why did you have to kill the game? You know, I mean, yeah. they were trying to sit and took, they oh, took and, Keza uh, off they to bring Paredes yeah. on. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. They nearly yeah. played the price for it. And I think against good teams, teams that can actually score a goal, unlike Fiorentina, they, they will pay for mm-hmm. it. You know, and that, as I say, they went on that. But they don't seem to have learned, or Allegri doesn't seem to have learned anything from that great run of mm-hmm. 1-0 drubbings that they issued out, which was, you know, uh, very unceremoniously torn apart by Napoli. He seems to have gone back to playing the same way. You know, and uh, notionally there were more attacking players on the pitch, but it didn't really translate to that. I didn't think, I mean, as I say, maybe Juventini see it different. 
But for my Fiorentina stance, it's just another another game down without a goal. And it used to, I think we said this last week, when you don't score first, you know that's pretty much the horse's yeah. bolted. And I can only hope that so far in Europe, word doesn't seem to have got out about how bad Fiorentina are and what all you need to do is kind of sit in and, and you know, they'll make an error and you'll win. So I can only hope that word hasn't reached Portugal Hope we've got no Portuguese listeners, and because we've got a big <laughs> game coming up um, against Braga, who are in good form, unfortunately, um, on Thursday, and that you know th- 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 that those are going to be the chances that Fiorentina have got to do anything to lift my gloom this season. It's clearly not going to be in the league where their position's getting more and more precarious with every week, and thankfully there's three teams cut off at the bottom, but. Um, They've still got this Conference League and the Coppa Italia where they play Cremonese. So maybe I should be not so pleased that Cremonese showed some showed some signs of life. Um, you know, but that's going to be Fiorentina's season. Really, is going to be around those games now, and not I think they're just limping across the line to kind of mid-table salvation by the end of the Serie A season. Mm-hmm. And and before we before we dip into Serie B, I just wanted to touch on um, Empoli. Uh, they drew two all with Spezia, came back from two 0 down. Um, a very good second goal for Spezia from Verdi uh, from outside the box. But uh, what I really wanted to bring up was they they seem to have a good crop of young Italian players in that team that are now starting to find a bit of form. Um, obviously, Vicario we've spoken about before. He actually saved a. He did a double save from penalty this week, but then it got it had to be retaken because a defender was one foot in the box. When, a, 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 another know. another yeah. minuscule yeah. VAR uh-huh. decision, which is I say in Britain it drives people daft. You know they yeah. see where the games the game's gone or whatever, and I, I don't know. I mean I'd be surprised that there were many penalties that no exactly know, there wasn't somebody with a yeah. with a foot in the box. But I did I do think though I love that. You know, people still footballers clearly can't help themselves because I mean, Parisi got sent off for a handball. It was so blatant. Yeah, it was untrue. You know, and you think now with cameras being tuned in, you you would twig that you know this was not the thing to do. But but he did, and as you see, made the boy made a good save, but uh, it was taken again. And you know that as I say, another another var another var job um was done but you're but, right yeah yeah they, i mean they've got they've had in recent weeks they had um Tommaso Baldanzi scored uh for them uh, and in that game yesterday uh Cambiaghi who's plays for the under 21s and uh Vignato who has been for a while now lauded as a potential star um and we all know that's dangerous these days when you hear about young Italians being lauded like that but um, he scored actually a very similar goal to Castro Vindley's. Um but they seem to have a good crop and, and in Zanetti I do think they've got a good manager that can bring players like that through Definitely, I mean they're both they're both boys on loan I think from other clubs I think and they're they're not in the first flush of youth, you know they're at that key moment, I think possibly both 22 I think the pair of them, so it's a key moment in their career but Empoli seems to be just the right kind of place, mm-hmm. that was what I was trying to get to and my own long-winded way was that you know that's that seems to be you know Atalanta Cambiaghi's an Atalanta product they're legendary for creating good young players 
and you know he's clearly got ability as well. Um, as you say, Vignato, he's on from Bologna, I think, and, and mm-hmm. another player undoubtedly with talent, but maybe not going to get the chance to show it at Bologna, um, which is perhaps surprising, but you know, maybe their aspirations are a bit higher, I don't know. But at Empoli, they have got a good attitude to bringing these players yeah. through. I mean, you, you'd know better than me about Zanetti's capabilities to um, kind of bring these young players through. But it is, it's good to see. And I think, there's, you know, there is, a, there is a crop of players there that we need to see coming through. And, you know, I mean, maybe Zaniolo regret going to Turkey. Maybe should have just gone to Tuscany. <laughs> I'm not, sure he, I'm not sure he's good enough to do that. I don't honest, know. I don't know if he'd get. I don't know if he'd get in the team. I don't <laughs> know if he'd get in the team. Um, you know. So, but yeah, that that I think those teams. I mean, we've said it before, and we'll never tire of saying it on this pod. Really, that the, the kind of the lower level teams in Italy this season really are having a go, playing some mm. quite nice football as well. You know, and that that makes the league a more entertaining product. There's not. You know, there aren't that many. I mean, that was a good game, a 2-2 draw, a couple of sending-off penalties. You know, there was a lot of action in that. There's just a lot of good games out there yeah. between, you know, and we're seeing these teams like Empoli, like Sassuolo's had a bit of form as well. You know, they're, they're quite good fun to watch and a lot of them now give any Italians a chance as well, which is important for the national team going forward. Absolutely. Um, but uh, we, we are... Uh, Closing in on uh, the end of the podcast here, but obviously we can't finish it without dipping down into Serie B and speaking about Venezia and amazingly a second win in a row in what was another relegation six pointer against Spal. Um, and you know, it was it was a really, really good performance in the first half, one of the best of the season, I would say. Um, it looked like we could tear Spal apart. Um, Puy and Paolo with two assists. But then... Can I, can I just say yeah. how intentional the first assist was? I was slightly... Due, the second <laughs> assist... True. was true. That second yeah. assist was a beauty. I, yeah. um, he's strong in the air and he knocked it down wonderfully well. The first assist, I suspect, was maybe he was trying to turn and shoot and miscontrolled it and got a shout. But, I mean, I was pleased to see that... Uh, your favourite player um, was able to strike a shot home for you. And that, I think that, well, you know, that was, that I have, was a good, I've, a good I've, finish. I think I'm on record in the podcast as saying that I have, Tesman has improved this season. So, yeah, no, I was pleased to see him score. And also, um, but, but as soon as Spal scored literally off their first attack in the game, and when that happened, I knew what the story would be, which was that we suddenly started panicking and hanging on and they really had a couple of chances where they should have scored at least one. We also had chances on the break that we should have probably put, put to bed. But um, he's the only criticism I would have of Vanoli in these games is that he seems to now have a set... He's one of these managers that seems to have a set bunch of substitutions that he does at a particular point in the game, no matter what's happening. And y- yesterday he brought... So he took off... He brings on Anderson, and our midfield got weaker... And he brought, he took off Poyan Palo, who was having a good game, and brought on Novakovic, who I don't know. He scored one good goal all season and done nothing else. And um, Cheryshev came on for me far too late. He had another. You just, he's a player that has a bit of class about him that you can see he's a higher level than than what we're playing. Um, and he, for, he has to be playing more for us. And I think if he does and he can stay fit. 
with this new attitude and stuff, then I'm reasonably hopeful that, that we can start, you know, putting together a few more wins as well. But these have been two vital games that we've won in the past Definitely. couple of weeks. Definitely, and the two World Cup winners, you yep. see you knocked out Cannavaro de Rossi this week. And also, you know, I mean, laudable dedication to alcoholism from your striker as well yep. with the clip that's doing the rounds on social media of Poyam Palo at pitch side being offered a pint of beer and getting a selfie, I think. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's good to see. I think you like to see a striker that, that's partial to I mean, he looks like he should be partial to a <laughs> pint of beer, and sure enough, sure enough he was. I mean, I think that's uh, that that was a, a nice wee a nice wee clip there that's 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 doing the rounds. And you'll be pleased that I'm not going to try to make any puns around the guy that scored against you this week, Lorenzo Dickman. (laughs) (laughs) So I've ruled that that out. I've ruled that out on the grounds that we might be banned, (laughs) that the pod might be taken down. So because I did have a few written down, but I've decided to, on the grounds of decency, I've decided to to rule those out. The the only other thing I was going to say about the game was I didn't realise that you had um, the son of a Fiorentina not a really legend, but Alessandro Pierini that scored the second goal for you, Nicolas Pierini, his boy, um, Pierini played about 70 games for Fiorentina, so that just made me feel really old when they, when it's now the sons of was, players. Was, was he also a player that looked like he should be better than he actually is? Yeah, yeah, that probably is. A, <laughs> that probably is. A, I mean, he was a big kind of lumbering defender from, from my memory, perhaps with some delusions of playing it out from the back right enough so um, you know as I say that is it's it probably won't be long until it's the grandchildren of people yeah. that I can remember playing and then that's that's it oh <laughs> hang up the pod really I think at that at that point and give up um, put away the typewriter because I think you'd just be just be too old at that point but another good win for as I say but I'm not liking this new format of the podcast Marco at all <laughs> I have to be the sort of hangdog miserable one and you get to be happy so if we could sort that out well we've um, got we've got a tough away game against Pisa coming up so it may it may revert to to form it, well it can yeah. only because yeah. the listeners don't enjoy it as much when they, <laughs> when it's me that's miserable. You're you're better at it than I am. I'm better at being a miserable <laughs> bastard. Well, um, yeah. On that note, uh, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please do follow, subscribe, tell your friends, give us ratings, give us reviews. These all all help. Uh, but otherwise, we will see you next week. Yep. Speak soon. <laughs>